Hi everyone, welcome back to the TLGE Network Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Stewart. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day or night to listen to this podcast. It means a lot. If you ever want to get in touch with me, I have a new email, network at gmail.com. Feel free to email me. We can set up a time to have coffee. You can just ask me simple questions. You can give me ideas for future conversations or podcast topics. I'd be happy to connect with you. This conversation, I am so excited to share with you today. I am talking with Jeff Mann, who is a pastor in Huron, South Dakota, with his wife, Autumn. They're an amazing family, and I get to just speak to Jeff in this conversation, but I hope to get to speak to the whole family in the future. And what we get to talk about today is burning passion for Jesus. We get to talk about leadership, and we get to talk about taking risks and looking at our schedules and maximizing you know, those special moments in our life where we get to uh, really ask ourselves some hard questions and, and how we can utilize our time. So I'm excited for you to take a listen. I am apologizing in advance for my microphone quality. I was checking out some new headphones and I thought they sounded really good. At least I could hear Jeff really well, but unfortunately my voice was not as clear. And so I apologize in advance for that. I also had my daughter who was in the background for the first 10 or 15 minutes at home at the last minute and so I apologize for the noise in the background but all that being said I hope that you are well and I hope you enjoy this conversation I'll talk to you at the end of the podcast bless you talk to you soon This week's sponsor is Select Painting. With over a decade of professional experience in the Sioux Empire, voted number one in local best surveys for eight consecutive years, Select Painting is South Dakota's largest painting company. I am honored to say that while SP continues to impact the lives of their employees and customers as they grow, the company relentlessly aims to deepen their vision of transforming lives, growing in excellence. I have the honor of witnessing the owners, managers, and painters continue to practice the values of family, fun, grit, and growth in a way that changes the atmosphere of every job site they work on. In May, Select Painting is offering a special Painter for a Day package while continuing to give free estimates to residential customers. We want all our customers and employees to know we are doing everything that the CDC has recommended for construction equipment and staff to be clean and safe during this COVID season. Select Painting is in the middle of their recruiting season hiring positions for commercial and residential for the spring, summer, and fall as well. Thank you again, Select Painting, for all you do to make this podcast a reality. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Thanks so much for uh, connecting with me here. We are officially live on the TLGE Network podcast, and it is great to have you. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. Hey, man. So we've had a good amount of time to connect before the podcast started and just to reflect on the weekend. And obviously, it's Monday here. And we are going to jump into talking to our audience and uh, letting them kind of hear how we know each other and kind of go from there. And so 
as you as you think about getting to know me and then me getting to know you, I think it probably best for me to probably start and then you can connect the dots from there. Okay. Awesome. So I I met Jeff Mann and Autumn, his wife, about a year ago at uh, one mission conference in Sioux Falls. And that was uh, a collision event where we were uh, talking about uh, discipleship. We were talking about evangelism. And and so that is where I kind of met them officially. I had actually met them two years ago. Um, and, and that was when they brought their whole youth to the one mission conference. Cause I believe you guys have come two years in a row. Is that right? Yeah. We brought like a, a, a group of youth from our church two years ago. And then last, right. last year, I think it was just me and my wife and one of my sons. Right. Yep. So, so that's where I got, uh, acquainted with the man family and, from there, I have stayed connected with Jeff uh, vicariously through his podcast and his YouTube channel. And so he leads a, uh, a ministry. And I don't even know if it's a, if it's like a nonprofit, right? Is it any, has it have any yeah. connections like that or no? Uh, not, not really. It's just uh, the okay. name of, yeah, Five State Revival is the, the YouTube channel and the podcast, but it's, right. yeah. Right. So that's that's what I've stayed connected to is Five State Revival podcast and YouTube channel. And then you're also a pastor at a church. What uh, what church is that? I don't want to mess up the name. So go ahead and share that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, James River Church um, and it's in Huron, South Dakota. And my my wife and I started it together in 2005 and uh, are are still pastoring it together uh, today. And actually, we, we kind of went through a transition back in August where. My wife now has transitioned into the role of the lead pastor at the wow. church, and uh, and I'm you know I'm still with her, helping her lead, but she's got the bulk of the vision and the responsibility for actually pastoring the church, and it kind of frees me up to really focus on uh, disciple making, church planting in our community. Wow. So good. Oh, I did not know that. So that is really cool to hear. Yeah, I have. I have yet to uh, visit in person, but I've obviously watched uh, your your sermons uh, as 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 uh, they come online various times. So that's how I know you, and and the, that's just a, a brief uh, kind of a snapshot. Uh, is there anything you would add that uh, that I miss as far as? How you know me. Yeah, you know, I think, um, honestly, one of my, probably my first memory of you is actually you sent me, I don't know, it's probably a year ago or so, I got this, uh, you sent me a voice recording just uh, through, uh, kind of through through Anchor, where I record my podcast, just, just encouraging me and just sharing how you listen to it and how you've enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I actually listened to that a couple times because it was just super encouraging to me. And I thought, oh, it's so cool. This guy's listening to it in Sioux Falls. And uh, <laughs> it was just really encouraging to me. And so then I, uh, yeah, that was, that was something. And then I, I think we've, we've interacted a few times because uh, I know you were in the process of, of doing this podcast, starting it up. And then, um, and then just like a month or so ago, we got to have a, a conversation. And I just loved getting to talk to you i just loved your heart um you know and when we were talking on the phone about a month ago so yeah yeah so good 
So I know, uh, you know, I've even been thinking about uh, this summer and thinking, okay, as soon as all restrictions and there are zero uh, ways that that the you know government would restrict connection, I am gonna make a way for our family to go up to Huron and just cool. just visit because I would I would seriously love to spend just a just a lunch time just to start things off and and have serious you know just fellowship with your family. That would be cool. I I would love that. We should do it. Amen. So. I am super excited to kind of jump into the next part here, and that is just our audience getting to hear your testimony and, and stories that have impacted your life. And, and obviously, we've talked just a little bit about what, what you're going to talk about, and so uh, that's why I get a sneak peek at why I'm excited. So. <laughs> Uh, if you want to just kind of take it from here and just and just let our audience kind of know a little bit about you know how you got to South Dakota and and just your in in as much detail as you want to go into. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. So I was um, you know I'm, I'm 44 years old right now, and uh, I, I was uh, born in Oregon in Eugene, Oregon. Um, I'm the oldest of five siblings, so I have a, a brother that's two years younger than me, and he's in the United States Navy. I have a, a sister who's 12 years younger than me, and uh, she's a doctor now. And then I have another sister that's 14 years younger than me, and uh, mm-hmm. she's a teacher. She teaches special needs students, and she's actually she's single, but she's adopted a special needs daughter, and I'm just so proud of her. Um, and then wow. I have a, a my youngest brother is uh, nine, 18 years younger than I am. And uh, he's he's kind of a world traveler. He, he kind of graduated college and just has traveled all over the place uh, for several wow. years. And he's, he's settled now in the northwest part of the United States. But uh, mm. yeah, so that's I, I kind of grew up in Oregon until um, until I was 11. Then when I was 11, my my mom remarried. And, uh, so my, my, my mom and my dad were actually divorced when I was six years old. And then, you know, we, we, my mom had custody of us. And when I was 11, my mom remarried and my stepdad was in the United States coast guard. So shortly after they got married, we moved, you know, he got transferred. We moved to the San Diego, California area. Um, that's where I'm from. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Marietta. Okay. We were in Santee. That's where we lived kind of near El Cajon, but, um, lived there for two years. Um, and then we got transferred again to Honolulu in Hawaii and Hmm. we were there for, I think it was three and a half years. So most of my high school years were there. And I, you know, it's interesting, like you would think like that would be some of the coolest years of my life because I was living in Hawaii. Um, Actually, yeah. my memories, although it was beautiful, those are some of the darkest years of my life. And because uh, that was when wow. sin was the most mature in me, was in that wow. season of my life. And then halfway through my junior year, um, we he got transferred again to southern Alabama, which is a total different culture. Yes. But I was excited about going there because the big thing – one of the major goals of my life, I wanted to be a professional baseball player at that time. And wow, I haven't heard that before. Yeah. That's awesome. And so I love baseball and the, the high school I would be attending in Alabama 
had just won the state championship the pri- the previous mm. year. And so I was excited to like, I'm going to get to be a part of a championship caliber program. I'm excited to learn. Mm. And I get there and I'm in this school. I make the baseball team. And the baseball coach is this radical, spirit-filled follower of Jesus. And Amen. super, it's a public school, but he is like um, a super successful coach. Like God had just blessed him. He's actually in the Alabama High School Sports Hall of Fame now. Because he's just, he won so, like hundreds of victories in his career. I don't even know the number. Double digits, probably state championships over his career. And he was so bold about his faith. And I remember he would just openly, he would open, we would pray every single practice. He would talk openly about Jesus to us, the whole team. He would open his Bible and read it to us and teach us from the scriptures. <laughs> Come and on. Uh, he was just bold about it. And um, even though we were at a public school and it started having an effect on me because I grew up with a Christian background. So, um, you know, my, my dad had actually graduated from seminary when I was younger. And, um, Hmm. so I knew about the gospel. I knew the story of the gospel and I'd even been baptized before, but I didn't actually know the Lord. I wasn't living for Jesus at all. And my baseball coach, just as he would teach us the word over the course of that season, my junior year, it began to dawn on me. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I should probably start living for Jesus if I'm going to do this. And that was a new thought because I don't know. I had just somewhere picked up this idea that, um, you know, I'd always heard if you're going to be a Christian and go to heaven, you have to believe in Jesus. So I was like, okay, I believe in Jesus. And somewhere I just picked up this idea in my mind, like obedience was extra credit, but not necessarily required. And that makes so much sense. I knew it was yeah. like highly recommended. You get rewards for it, but all you have to do is believe to get to heaven. You don't necessarily have to obey. So, which is not, you know, I didn't realize at the time, but it's, it's actually not, that's not the right teaching. And right. But through uh, my coach's influence, I started realizing like I should live for God. So I got to the point where I was like, okay, after college, maybe I'll get married and then settle down and do the Christian thing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but then to my, to my shock, my delightful shock, uh, the summer we we did win the state championship again that year. And so I remember like things were going good in my life. It was the summer before my senior year. I had a brand new girlfriend I was excited about. It was like, you know, we just won the state championship. I was just in a good mood. And I go to this youth service at a church next to my high school mostly to see this girl my new girlfriend and and i remember being there they go through the whole service and then at the very end of the service um they give an altar call you know come forward if you want to give your life to jesus i did not go forward because you know i I, in my head i was just thinking i'm like ah yeah i already did that (laughs) a long time ago i didn't even realize that i wasn't saved yet um and so I'm sitting there, though, and while I'm waiting for the service to get over, uh, my mind just starts wandering. And I know now, in hindsight, it was the Holy Spirit hijacking my thought life and steering me toward light and wisdom. And I started just thinking, um, man, I don't even like my life now. And the truth was, even though I I was... 
I was athletic. I was really popular. Things were going really well in my life. I had a new girlfriend. But the truth was, is like I was so broken and lonely on the inside. And I, um, I, I was starving on the inside for real, secure love. And yeah. I was doing, I was trying to find it in, in so many wrong ways that just ended up leaving me more broken through just through girlfriends and through different things. But it just ended up leaving me more broken because there's no girl in the world that can meet that need. Only God can. And yes. I, thought, I don't even like my life right now. And I began to like images just were flashing through my mind of like scenes from the previous year where I just saw my how shallow I was, how I was. I saw my own hypocrisy and um, like one of the, the vivid ones was at these parties I'd go to and I'd, I was well-liked. I was popular. I was acting like I'm some leader who knows what I'm doing. And the fact is I was just following everybody else and I would do things that I didn't even enjoy acting like mm -hmm. I was enjoying them just so, so I could look cool to other people. And so I just right. kept seeing these scenes flashing through my mind. And I thought, I'm so fake. I'm just so fake. Mm. And then the next thought that comes into my mind was if I were going to be a Christian, I would be radical about it. And I was like, I would, I would live a holy life. I, I didn't know what that really meant very much. I was like, I'd go to church even when my parents don't make me go. And I, I, wow. I was like, I'd even tell other people about Jesus. And <laughs> and as I contemplated what, how I would live for, uh, if I were a Christian, all of a sudden this conviction rose up deep from within me. And I knew I was like, that was what I was born for. And I was like, mm. that's what I want more than anything. I want to live radically for Jesus. And so I was like, yes. And I just suddenly got so excited and filled with desire to be radical mm. for Jesus. And I'm like, I don't want to be, I want to be the real thing. And so I got up, I went down to the altar. I prayed the sinner's prayer because I'd done it before. So I knew what to say, but this time it was wow. for real. Like I was like, no, I really, I'm living for Jesus now. And then these people prayed with me and I got baptized in the Holy spirit. I started mm. speaking in other tongues. And as as that happened, it, I felt the presence of God. I had never in my entire life felt the presence of God before, even though I'd been in church a lot. And Amen. when I felt his presence, it was like his love, his power. It melted my heart uh, like putty in his hands. I, I knew I was loved by God, and, and I instantly mm. fell in love with him. I was like, God, I love you so much. And I... I I had these two new desires when I left. I was like, God, I want to feel close to you like this for the rest of my life every second. And then second, I'm like, I want to please you. I want to make you a proud papa. And um, wow. yeah, and so that's, you know, that was a lot of years ago, 20 something years ago now, back in June 9th, 1993. And uh, that's, that's how I came to Lord, know the Lord and everything really shifted after that. But it's interesting. I was just reflecting on this actually a few weeks ago because I woke up. It was the day after a, an extended fast. And I woke up, you know, it was, it was a sweet morning because I get to eat again <laughs> and I get yes. to have coffee again. Yes. It was a Saturday morning. Yes. I was so excited. I woke <laughs> up early, make my coffee and I'm just enjoying the Lord. But my heart is burning on the inside. 
to be radical. I'm like, God, I want to love you with all my being. I want to be wholehearted in my devotion to you. And then he brought back the memory of how he called me into the kingdom. He's like, Jeff, do you remember when I put that thought in you? And I said, and you were like, if I were going to be a Christian, I'd be radical about it. And he was like, Mm. you were born for this. He was like, I put this in you. And that's been a theme that he keeps stirring me with ever since that, that initial encounter I had with the Lord where, and I don't do it perfectly. I fall short, but then he calls me back to it. And I'm like, yes, I want to be wholehearted. So, um, yeah, I was just reflecting on that a few weeks ago, actually. Love that. Love that reflection too on, on how it sticks with you and and like the way that God just is like, you remember this? This Yeah. And that's honestly like that is something that actually was just stirring in my heart. Even it's like, um, our story with the Lord, it's like God is writing mm. this beautiful story. And, uh, you know, it talks in, I think it's Revelation 20 at the final judgment. It's, it talks about people. We come before the great white throne and we give an account for our life. And it says there's the book of life. But then there's these other books and that our life story is recorded in these books. And there's actual books in heaven mm. where our biography by God is being authored um, present day, but it's being recorded in heaven. And uh, God and and, and each person's story has predominant themes throughout the story. And it's just like the handiwork of the Holy spirit in their life. It's like his fingerprints and um, in each person's life. And, uh, and I know everyone brings him glory in a unique way, but yeah, right. that's something that's just stringing my heart is, um, God, you're writing a beautiful story with all of our lives. And, and, mm. and even mm. the, the hardships that we go through and the downtimes, I, I think it's helpful just to remember like, God, this isn't the end of the story. Like when I'm reading right. my own story in a hundred years in heaven, how do I want the next chapter yeah. to go? You know, how do I want to have responded yeah. in this moment? <laughs> And uh, yes. yeah, so God's writing a beautiful story. Mm. Well, we could go into a lot of questions uh, from that. But before we do, we're going to process together just looking at the, you know, from from that time, you know, into where you are now. What, what's, what's one or two stories that uh, kind of continue to you remind you of, of just how God is writing your story. And, and, and so I know we've talked a little bit obviously yep. before we started, but uh, if any, if anything fresh came on your heart, even uh, feel free to, 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 you know, be spontaneous yeah. there, but uh, you want to kind of jump into the, to the next uh, yeah. story. So, um, you know, I, I, I'd say probably this is well in my heart to share this story. So a few years later, it was probably three or four years after that. Um, I had heard, you know, I lived in Daphne, Alabama, which is about 45 minute drive away, maybe an hour from Pensacola, Florida. And while I'm living there, uh, I had a friend in my youth group. She was like, hey, there's revival happening at this church in Pensacola, Florida. And it was Brownsville Assembly of God. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's so cool. I've gone several times. It's amazing. And of course, it didn't register with me at the time what was really going on there because it was pretty common. You know, we lived in the deep South, you know, church has revival meetings for a week or 
um, tent meetings, you know, and yes. so that's kind of what I was thinking she was talking about. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. And I didn't go. And um, then I, I leave shortly after that I moved to Missouri, went to Bible college, met my wife, got married the next summer. But right before we got married, uh, I was living in South Dakota where my wife is from South Dakota and I was living at her grandparents' yeah. house uh, and for the summer before leading up to our wedding. And her dad had this book. It was called Feast of Fire by Pastor John Kilpatrick, who's the pastor of Brownsville Assembly of God. And it was just the testimony <laughs> of the revival that was happening there. And I remember reading the book and my heart was burning with desire inside of me, like an ache um, on the inside, yeah. because I'm reading about angelic encounters. I'm reading about these uh, all these people getting radically saved and coming to know the Lord. And, and it was like, I was reading a modern day book of acts and, and I was reading it and, and, and I just kept thinking like, I believe all this stuff. I mean, I believe it all, you know, on the doctrine test, I would mm -hmm. say, yes, I believe in that. But I'm like, I've not experienced most of it though. And this ache right. began burning in me. I was like, God, I want to live a book of acts lifestyle. I don't want to just believe it. I want to experience mm. this stuff. I want to have angelic encounters. I want to see miracles. I want to raise the dead. And, um, and mm. I remember I just started even that summer, just something came, there was a burning in my heart of, of groaning hunger. And I just began getting up early in the, before the workday started just to pray and read the Bible and mm -hmm. uh, seek the Lord. And I remember then my wife and I got married and we're on our honeymoon. And we had decided by this point, we're like, you know, we our, our wedding's scheduled. So we're going to do this. We're going to go on our honeymoon. And then there's like a, a brief window of time before the next semester starts at our college. And we we're like, let's mm -hmm. drive down to Florida and go attend the Brownsville revival. Because our hearts were just so hungry. Like, let's just go and get it. And right so. On. Uh, right on. We had decided to do that. But while we're on our honeymoon, my wife just out of the blue looks at me and she goes and she prophesies. And we didn't realize it at the time. But she looks at me and she goes, Jeff, she goes, I feel really strongly in my heart. Like we're going to have to be really intentional about making sure we follow through and go down to that revival when we get back from our honeymoon. Because she goes, I feel like we're going to be tempted with the excitement of moving into our new house together and decorating that we'll just kind of like try to put it off to another time and i was like yeah amen so sure enough we get back we start moving into our new house we're so excited about decorating that we we were like hey let's just we'll just go later at another time so we did the exact thing that the spirit warned us not to do but in Whoa. the mercy of god it was remember it was the middle of the afternoon maybe two or three in the afternoon yeah i was in uh, one of the buildings on campus at our college and while I'm up there, I run into an old friend of ours uh, who, you know, we knew from the previous year. And there was like a glory on her. Like even the year before, we, we she was a she loved the Lord. You could tell she loved the Lord. But there was a glory on her that was not there the year before. And I'm and instantly she just starts. I'm like, what happened to you? She's like, I went to the Brownsville revival this summer and she starts testifying. And as she's testifying, I just feel this burning ache in me all again. It comes right back to the surface of my heart. And I'm like, oh, God. And then she gets very intense all of a sudden. And she just looks at me and prophesies. Whoa. And she goes, 
I feel this so strongly. She's like, you and your wife, you need to leave right now and drive down to Pensacola, Florida and go to this revival. And it was the word of the Lord. It pierced me. And I went home right then. It was a 13 hour drive. And I went home right then. Yeah. My wife was painting out in the yard and I was like, put everything away, pack your bag. We're leaving right now. We're going to drive all night long and we're going to this revival. And so she's like, okay. And I could, she was totally on board with me and we get, we finally get down there. We showed up early. The way that it worked was the revival services started at 7 PM. They opened the doors at 6 PM for people to get a seat. And, uh, but I had a friend who told me, he's like, dude, it's, you should get there a couple hours early because it's hard to get a seat. So I thought, okay, it's hot. It's August in Pensacola, Florida. It's middle of the afternoon. We get to the church at about two or three in the afternoon. So I'm thinking we're three or four hours early before they open the doors. <laughs> so I'm like, we're yeah. getting so early. It's hot. It is humid. It's August in Florida. We get there and there was hundreds of people in line literally the line was about 10 to 15 feet wide it started and went the length of an entire city block turned the corner went the length of another city block turned the corner and was halfway up another city block in the middle of the afternoon hours three or four hours early and i remember the fear that like the fear of the lord was like it was this beautiful combination of hunger desire and fear like the what is gonna happen because yeah, i'm like it. i'm about to walk <laughs> into a measure of the glory of god that i don't think i've ever walked into before and i'm thinking of acts 5 ananias and sapphira i'm like i'm about to walk into and i remember there was just this oh god like forgive my sins lord and yet there was this i was wow. willing to take the risk because my hunger was so desperate i was like Whatever happens to me, I cannot live without whatever it is in there that I have to have. And so we end up getting into the service. And I just, during worship, I I mean, we barely got in. We were seated in the balcony. And uh, I'm just watching during worship as old women and young children, all these people are just dancing wildly, freely, in exuberant joy before the Lord. And then there's intense conviction during the preaching of the simple gospel message. And I'm just weeping throughout the service. The baptisms happen and I'm just weeping at the testimonies. And, uh, but I knew like whatever this mysterious thing that my heart was aching for, but I couldn't put language to it. um, I knew it didn't happen in me. And I was like, God, I'm desperate. I need you. Change my heart. So we go back again the next night. And actually, I should say this. That Mm -hmm. night, we're in bed after the first revival service. We get back home. We're sleeping. I wake up in the middle of the night. And I'm just kind of turning over in my sleep. And I hear my wife praying out loud in tongues. And I look at her, and she's completely asleep. So she's totally asleep, but she's praying out tongues and loud. And I just... I just think like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I just go back to sleep. Well, the next morning we wake <laughs> up and I, I wasn't necessarily thinking about that at first. And she looks at me. She goes, Jeff, she's like, I don't know what it is. She's like, something happened to me during the night last night. She's like, God touched me in my sleep last night. And then I remembered, I was like, oh my goodness, 
you were praying in tongues in your sleep. She's like, I was. I was like, yes. And we were both so excited. We're like, let's go back to the service again tonight. Because we're like, we were so hungry. And we go back. Anyway, we finally, we go back to a third service. And at this service, it was like the Holy Spirit touched me. And in the midst of just praising the Lord radically, just exuberantly dancing and jumping and shouting and worshiping Jesus, I, I became aware somewhere in the midst of that, there was like this burning ball of fire in my stomach. <laughs> it felt like it was fire. It was the Holy Spirit. I had this fresh <laughs> baptism of the Spirit, and it felt like this joy, passion, zeal. It felt so holy burning in me, and it marked us. Like, it, it set the course for the rest of our lives. It's like after that, we were ruined for ministry as usual. Like we had no desire in just climbing the corporate ladder in the church world um, or just pastoring a big church. We're like, oh, we want revival. We want the book of Acts. We want to take cities for God. And we got back and, I, and right. I'll just share this story real quick and then I'll, I'll let you uh, do whatever you want. Mm, you're doing great. You're doing great. And so, you're doing so good. Back, there was all this stuff that happened. I mean, our, we didn't have a TV. We were first married. We didn't have a TV. We lived in a single wide trailer, but our house was like a house of prayer. It was a dwelling place. Like God was with us and our entertainment was worship CDs and uh, preaching tapes. It was cassettes at the time. And that's what we do to entertain ourselves. <laughs> yes. You know, we went to Bible college and we worked and then, we would uh, listen to this stuff and we'd pray and uh, and we were just always after the presence. And of course, revival broke out on our campus because so many people had been to Brownsville and there were all these spontaneous prayer wow. meetings, Holy Spirit breakouts that would just happen spontaneously in the dorms and on campus. And we were just involved with some of that. And um, it was an awesome season. But I remember. Mm-hmm. Like the Lord in that season, he started speaking to me about fasting, which was a pretty, Mm -hmm. I had not heard a lot about fasting. I tried it once or twice at that point, kind of (laughs) not super successfully. And uh, I remember (laughs) the Lord started stirring my heart and he's like, this is going to be a key for your life. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to fast. And I was just seeking God's will. Like, what's your calling on my life? You know, I'm probably 21 22 at the time and in this season i remember um the lord gave me this and this this encounter has marked me uh he gave me this vision and while and in this vision um i saw uh i saw this um i saw this wall it was like a, a a wall made up of stones like these gray stones and then standing in front of the wall, mm-hmm. I saw a demonic figure that was the same, like this ashen gray color that all the stones were. And all of a sudden, I watched this demonic figure uh, kind of roll up, shapeshift into the shape of a stone, and then it fit into the walls. And I knew instantly that this was a demonic wall. Like, it was a wall made up of demonic spirits. And then I hear this voice speak to me mm-hmm. in the vision. And it was kind of like an audible voice. I like, I don't know how that works, but it wasn't audible, like physically where I heard it, but it felt in the vision like it was physical. I don't know if that makes sense. And uh, yeah. I hear this voice and it says, there are demonic walls 
around cities and nations and regions of the earth. And immediately in the experience, I thought of Hinduism in India and I thought of Islam in Middle Eastern countries, et cetera. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. and I knew like these walls have been, it, it's hard to imagine India being anything other than Hindus because it's just been that way for hundreds of years. Same with some of right. these Middle Eastern countries yeah. or whatever. And the Lord speaks to me uh, in the vision and says, just like the walls of Jericho, which had been there for a long time in Joshua's day. Um, he says, all of these mm-hmm. walls are going to suddenly come down. And God speaks to me and he says, and I'm wow. raising up my army and I'm preparing them. They're in training right now. And I'm positioning them in, uh, and, and I'm having them in position. And when these walls come down, they are going to charge into the city and they're going to take what's in it and devote it to the Lord. And, and I could actually like mm. see the army that God is raising up. In, wow. And when I saw the army, they were, uh, th- the most beautiful people I've ever seen. They were so humble and they were marked by passion, purity, and power. They were so passionate about Jesus. It was like, that was what their life was about. And the, and, and, and therefore they walked in such purity. They couldn't be bought by the enemy um, because they didn't care Mm -hmm. about that. All Mm -hmm. they cared about was loving Jesus and bringing glory to Jesus in the nations. And, they couldn't be uh, intimidated because they, you know, they, they, all they cared about was the kingdom. And they were so holy and they walked yeah. in unprecedented power, like raising the dead, signs and wonders. Uh, they were walking in the power of the spirit. And I could see this beautiful army. And I'm, I was like, God, I, whatever it takes, I want to be part of that army. Wow. That you're raising up. Right. And so that's actually marked me. Uh, ever since I've just been had this right. vision where How could it I not? don't want to just have a nice church. I want to take cities and nations for God. And I don't want to just be a good Christian. Like as we would typically define it. I'm like, I want to be uh, wholehearted, you know, the same call that he called me with initially, yes. you know, that I want to be radical about it. Yes. And, um, and I fall short of that, honestly, like so frequently, I mean, but the Lord always calls me back to it. And, and I always repent and go back mm-hmm. after it. And then usually I stumble <laughs> and then I get back up and I go after it again. And that's kind of the story of my life. But, but, but yet yeah. in the midst of it, like I, I just, I'm, that's what I'm going for. And so even when we moved to the city, I'm in mean, now to plant yeah. this church in my mind, I wasn't thinking, I want to plant a nice church. I was thinking, how do I take Huron for God? And then how do we take South Dakota for Jesus? And then uh, in the surrounding region, yes. and then how can we raise up an army of people that I saw in this vision who have that passion, purity, and power and send them mm-hmm. to the nations to take cities and nations for God and complete wow. the Great Commission. And uh, so those are some mm-hmm. formational experiences, I guess, that were on my heart to share. I am so glad you went to those lengths and those depths that is exactly what our audience needs to hear wants to hear and uh and then for those of for those who are this is their first listen uh you can you can look forward to more stories like that in uh in 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 this podcast but you can also look at uh what jeff has done at five state revival podcast and you will hear more of that because if that doesn't leave us all 
come on starving for for more of that like i want to spend <laughs> the rest of the day talking about god and talking about those stories and talking about so many more stories that that you know obviously it, it, it makes me immediately think of uh the end of the gospel of john where it talks about jesus you know if everything was recorded that he wow. did it would fill on. the books of the earth all right yeah. so as i transition I have some no I have some notes down here and I, and I and I'm so excited to jump into this next section which is equipping and that is to look back on these stories and really just do a quick deep dive into what are the spiritual and what are the practical applications tools that that you experienced you've seen others practice that a listener can jump on and they can say, what do I do? Like, how do I, I don't have a story like that, but I want a story like that. What are the tools that we can really help our audience, you know, touch and, and hold and use. So that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to jump into. I think yeah, I'm going to go, go first cause I'm excited. And then, and then I'll let you uh, jump into uh, what what, okay. what you feel like Holy Spirit is highlighting for you? So the first one that comes to my mind, and, and it'll it'll probably be uh, right into kind of my my uh, challenge section as, as well. I'll jump into that later, but it's just around just the the idea of we're all in different places of that risk versus reward mm. stage of life, and and we're all willing to in some ways, like give so much of ourselves to God, to, to even just doing good things. I think about even like volunteer work and, and some are, you know, uh, doing, you know, a lot of volunteer work and others are like, I don't do volunteer work. And, and it's not to, you know, can, can condemn anybody, but like we're, we all have a different amount of time that we are able or Mm. willing to give. And so as I just look at my own life right now and, and the season that I'm in, I work 55 hours a week and, and I'm asking God on a daily basis right now, like, what can I do to give everything to you? Like in the midst of the work that I am doing, you know, and some people who are listening to this, you know, they're. They're in the marketplace working. Some people are in the, you know, the, the nonprofit sector working. And, and so you have all these different people trying to steward their time, trying to steward their schedule. But what you're talking about, and, and when I look back to your story, I think about like, you know, Brownsville, and you had this one week window. And so many of us, including myself, like, how do we how do we take risk on like those small amounts of time and for for you and autumn it was one week but for 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 me it might be it might be a sunday yeah. going to church uh for for someone else it might be a sunday you know going to church it might be a saturday night service it might be whatever it looks like to just get to the body of christ where specifically, here's the key, 
where you hear the spirit of God moving. And I want to highlight this for a second, because a lot of us, I think, are just used to, you know, kind of feeling the, oh, I know I need to go to church. I kind of feel bad. You know, it kind of makes me feel guilty if I tell someone like I haven't gone to church recently. Maybe it makes me feel guilty if I tell my parents I haven't gone to church. And, uh, and, and so we just kind of appease people by going to church because it's kind of a good citizen thing to do. It's, it's kind of like almost kind of the check mark of like, yep, I did my volunteer service for the week. I, I, I went and did this thing. I was, I was kind to people. Maybe I bought someone lunch afterwards, you know, or, or, or whatever, whatever that looked like. But you, you did a good thing. You yeah. went to church. I can think of so many times in my life where I have done that. I have gone to a church um, and, I, and, I, and I just want to testify, like for the last two years, I've been at one church. But previously, before I really anchored down into a spirit moving church, I was just kind of going to kind of appease yeah. people. I really was. And, and, and so for those who are listening, you know, a practical, you know, spiritual tool, what, what, it would be look at your schedule and, and how can you give as much time that is healthy for you and your family, wherever you're at, give one or two hours to go somewhere that, that you have heard like the spirit of God. So good. Do you want to speak on that at all? I would say that give it over to you. One of the graces that God gave my wife and I right away when we first got married. And it, it started with like, we just had this desire. Like we want God, we want his presence and we're willing to go wherever yeah. we hear he's moving and, uh, and do whatever it takes, right. uh, like whatever. And it's just something about yes. that childlike hunger. Um, the Lord loves yeah. it. He always responds to it. My wife and I, we, I mean, we went, we went back to Brownsville several times after that we went to, then we heard about, of course, we awesome. to Brownsville. Then we heard about Toronto and we're like, Oh, got to go there. So we went there yes. several times had encountered the Lord. And then even throughout the years, we hear God's moving somewhere. We're like, let's go, you know? So we go down to IHOP. We go down to, even there was I I remember, yeah, I don't, this is maybe 10 years ago or 10, 12 years ago. There was a revival that broke out for a while in Lakeland, Florida. I don't remember if you remember that it ended, it ended badly. Sounds familiar. Uh, because, you know, there were scandals involved with yes, the pastor, uh, one of the yeah, chief leaders yeah. uh, of that, but it actually was a genuine move of God. Um, and I remember we, we heard right, about it. Right. And we're like, what? God's moving somewhere? And we were watching on God TV. I remember one night it was just like we were mm. listening to it, watching it together on God TV on our computer. And we see all these people getting healed. Yeah. And of course, our son had diabetes at the time and it still, still does. And, wow. and my wife and I just look at each other and we're like, let's go. Like, let's go. Like, this is who we are. Go. Like, God's moving. And it's, it's a 30-hour right. drive. But let's just go. Right. And, and she's like, yes, let's do it. Because, like, wow. this is who we are. We're God chasers. And so we, I remember we just, we had a little <laughs> pastor. So we did our Sunday service. We loaded up the van. And we drove 30 hours straight. We just took turns at the wheel. 
all the way down to Florida <laughs> and we go to this revival and just encounter the Lord. But there's something about like that God responds to hunger. And so I guess the verse that comes to my mind is seek right. first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God responds to that, you know, and I would say if you're, if somebody who's like, ah, oh, but I don't feel hunger, that's the problem. I, that's what I'm concerned about is I don't feel hunger. If I'm honest, I know I should feel hunger, but I don't mm-hmm. really feel hunger. And I would say, so good. Uh, keep going. That is a problem. I mean, it's good that, that you feel like, Oh, I know I should feel hunger. That's the gift of God. And, uh, but God is actually, yeah. he'll give it to you. It's a gift from the Lord. And if you seek him, you will find him. And I would just say to get hungry, like, cause there's times that happens to me. There's times when my hunger wanes and where my desire for just worldly carnal things, you know, watching baseball or watching football or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it, it starts outweighing my desire for the presence of God or for the word. And then I know that's, that's a warning signal to me. Like, ah, something's not right. In, I, I got to readjust my heart values right. right now. And so fasting is yeah. such a gift. So I just, okay, I'm going to fast mm-hmm. these things that I'm wasting my time on. And in their place, I'm going to mm-hmm. read the word. I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to sermons. I'm going to spend time in worship and prayer. And sometimes when I first start doing that, I feel bored. I'm like, gosh, I'm bored reading my Bible or I'm bored and there's still the craving on the inside right. for I'd rather be watching football right now. And um, yes. but it's like, no, yeah. I'm just going to stick with it. And what as you work your way through the fast, it's actually an expression of our God. I hunger for you, even though I don't feel it. I want you more. Mm-hmm. And God responds to that. And I, this has happened to mm-hmm. me so many times somewhere in the midst of that fast, a shift starts happening inside my heart. And and I'm like, oh, and I start craving right. the things of the kingdom again. And the draw to the things of the world completely, it just falls off where I don't even care about football anymore or yeah. whatever it is. And by the time yeah. that fast is done, I just feel like my heart is realigned. And so I feel like that, the lifestyle yeah. of spiritual violence, where it's like we're jealous. Yeah. Like the greatest gift we have to give God is at the end of our life to love him with all our hearts as our preeminent first love desire above all others in every season of our life. And that doesn't happen perfectly. It it happens to lifestyles of spiritual violence. When we see that our priorities are off and our hunger isn't what it should be. We, we fast and we seek him and, and it feels weak at first and it feels like it's I'm bored, but somewhere in there, just keep going. God will break through and there'll be a shift in your heart and then you'll be so happy. So good. I have such a clear picture of something that God highlighted to me earlier when you were speaking, and I'm going to do my best. I didn't take the exact mm-hmm. note as far as context, but uh, I know I know that okay. I know the image that I have. So you mentioned earlier when you were talking about you haven't yeah. done it perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember when you said that? And I think our listeners will think, oh, that must mean he sins. And, and what does that mean? And like this guy, this guy must be a hypocrite. Well, I know you, Jeff. And what, what I know is that when you say that phrase, this is the image that comes to my mind. I'm looking at my gas burning stove right now downstairs. 
And I know that there's a, a, a feature that's basically low to high and you just turn the knob. And what I feel like God is highlighting for our listeners and for you and I is that you and I know what it means to put that knob all the way to high. And we know that that is not only sustainable, but it is also yeah. how we get to boiling. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not like a super scientist scientist guy. So I, I don't know this for sure, but if I put water on the stove and I put it at low, it's going to take a long time for that yeah. to get hot. And I would even go this far. I'm not sure. And, and, and I'll do some, I'll do some science experience uh, experiments in a little bit here, but I'm not sure if it will even go to a boil. Do you know for sure if like you put, if you put water on low on your stove, is yeah, it going to get to a I boil? That's a good question. <laughs> so I, I don't think it does. Uh, but I, I, I it, for some reason that, that has to be somewhat yeah. not, nah, I'm not sure. Uh, so, so I'm going to do an experiment on that. But my point is, as far as what I feel like God's highlighting is you and I know that it, that it's not sin that we're choosing when we talk about like we, we, we do mess up what I think, at least for me, I recognize it myself as like, I do intentionally turn the knob down. Like I choose other, I choose other things um, in my life that good things, but, but it just requires uh, me to like turn mm -hmm. that knob down a little bit. Uh, you know, if, if it's, a, if it's at high, I need to put it down to like seven or six. And at least that's, I'm speaking for myself, but, but that just uh, really sticks out to me as far as, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, a, a practical tool that someone can use, you know, what is, and then kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, like fasting as a way to, to uh, like intentionally turn yeah. up that knob. And what's, be and what's beautiful about it is I am confident. Here's what I'm confident in. If I turn that knob to high, I yeah. know it's going to boil quickly. If I put it on low, I have uh, look how unsure I am if it's even going to boil. I think that's what our spiritual life is like. If I put that thing on low for the for a day, I'm not even sure yeah. if it's ever going to boil. And that's how our we only have one day, Jeff. Yes. We have one day at a time. And so if our life each day is not started with God, I put this thing on high, Lord. I put this vessel you've given me, and I'm going to put it on high today because I don't know about tomorrow. You yeah. tell me not to worry about tomorrow, for the troubles of today are enough for today. So I'm going to put this thing on high, and I'm going to boil you know, right away. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m., and I'm going to boil, and I'm going, to, I'm going to, by your grace, I, I am going to keep it on high until until your yeah. word is cooked and i can obey it you, you've heard the, the 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 metaphor or it's like the image of like yep. uh, logos versus rhema uh cooked right cooked rice mm. and not cooked rice so uh basically logos is the word uh in greek logos is 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 the word 
And then Rhema is also, it's like the utterance of the word. And yeah. so, and so it's, if you look in the scriptures, it's like, it's very clear that both words are used, but they're used in different ways, depending on how the word right. is being uh, expressed. Yes. Whether it's written or spoken. And so, so what I, what I imagine just to go a little bit further would be from what I've learned when we just like have the word, the logos and, and we don't cook it. Well, we're, we're not eat. We're not going to eat it. No one's going to cook. No one's going to eat rice, not cooked. Uh, and so, so the word of God needs to be cooked. And when it's cooked in us, we'll eat it and we'll, and it'll satisfy yeah. us. We will be filled. And, and, and then even just a little bit, you know, funnier is that, that praise God that rice is not, it's uniquely filling, but it's yeah. not lasting. <laughs> I'll, I'll eat a Chinese meal at night and I eat it at like five o'clock right. and I'm hungry by like seven thirty. And so, and, and, but I think that's how the word of God is meant to be. Like, it's not meant to be this like, okay, eat it, you know, once a week and uh, you'll be satisfied. It's like, man, you got to eat this daily, hourly. And if you're not, you know, there's all there. It's not to say you're sinning. It's just to say that you, you will likely not be having i i would question if your yeah. if your knob is all the way on high yeah I, you know jesus said uh when he was fasting and he was tempted by the devil and he's talking about how man uh shall not live mm -hmm. by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of god and of course i think that's referencing even alluding yeah. back to when uh israel was in the wilderness and God was feeding them manna every day. And they were actually ordered. They're like, you you know, take as much as you can eat for today. And uh, there wasn't limits on it, but don't yeah, store up yeah. enough like to get you through the week. Like just take what as much as you want for today. And then tomorrow there'll be fresh manna every day. Yeah. And, and I, and I feel like even Jesus making that statement, a lot of that it's referencing our fellowship with the Holy spirit that it's, which, of course, includes reading the word, meditating on his word. Um, and, yeah, there, there is there. Amen. So I, I, I wrote a I wouldn't, you know, this is I wrote a book. Yeah. Called uh, speak about Relentless it. Passion, yeah, speak about Encounter it. God Burned with Passion for Jesus. And the essence of the book was like, because yes. my longing in life, I'm like, OK, I don't want to just burn for God for a season. I don't want to just like go to a Brownsville, have this encounter, burn for a few months. And then a year later, it was just a memory. Um, I, how do I sustain wow. passion for God? And so it's growing in yeah. every season. And so just things that I've learned over the years, and it, um, I wrote it down in that book. And, and I talk about, and every time I disciple people, Good. this is what I teach them right away. If I lead somebody to Jesus, I teach them the five habits of a fruitful life. It's like, uh, like, here's five things. This is mm. what you do to position yourself to encounter God. And um, passion for God, it, mm. it's not something that you can work up. It's not something that you can just say, I'm going to be passionate for God today. I'm going to shout louder and jump higher. Like passion comes right. from experiencing right. God. Right. Like when you experience God and you encounter him, Amen. it's automatic. It awakens desire. It awakens passion and longing for more. Like you touch him a little bit. You're like, 
where can I go to get mm-hmm. seconds? Like, I, I want more. I want more. It just awakens desire. And so I'm like, well, mm. I can't force God to encounter me. But the good news is this is like he's more eager to encounter us than we were to encounter him. Like we love him because he first loved us. Like he took the first mm. steps. He sent his son to die on the cross. He sent the spirit to open our eyes to the truth and draw us to him to repent and believe and begin seeking him. Um, But there's like five things that we can do as a lifestyle that you just do these things. It's not like every day you're going to have this like glory story, but the encounters with God, sometimes they're dramatic. Like Mm. a lot of the ones I've shared in this conversation are on that level. But most of the encounters I have Mm -hmm. with the spirit on a daily basis are those low level, subtle ones, but they're powerful. They keep the heart burning. And so it's like, I read one verse and I'm like, Ooh, that stirs my heart. And I meditate on it a little bit and I pray, God, yes, do this in me. I want to be like this. You know, I read, I'm reading in Job right now. And the other day I read where God, God speaks about Job and he's like, Job is the finest man in all the earth. He's a man of integrity who fears God and stays away from evil. I'm like, God, I'm like, I want you wow. to say that honestly about me. Like, make me <laughs> like that, Lord. And I prayed that verse wow. over my house and my heart mm-hmm. was stirred by that verse. But then I go throughout the day and it's not like I'm even thinking yes. about it all day long. But those little encounters, they kind of just keep the flame burning. And then sometimes mm-hmm. you get a big one. That's like it marks your life. You know what I mean? Um, but the five habits mm. are reading the word, mm. praying, oh, the, a lifestyle of obedience, um, godly fellowship, and then making disciples. Um, those five activities, when we do that, we position ourselves to encounter the Lord. Um, and it's, it's key. All five are essential mm. for spiritual health and a vibrant spirit. And so even if we do three out of five, you know, we'll have some encounter going on, but we'll, we'll be uh, short-circuited in some way. Mm. Um, all five are essential. And so I talk about that mm-hmm. in that book, but that's when I disciple people too. And, and even when I monitor my own heart, I, I want to build into my schedule, like, okay, what am I going to do to spend time with God in the word yes, in prayer, in, right. obeying the Lord, making disciples. I mean, I build that into my schedule. I'm intentional about it. At the beginning of my week, I'm like, okay, here's my, here's my week. Here's the, you know, sometimes you're working the 40, 55 hours a week in your case. And it's like, okay, that time slotted here, but yeah. where am I going to do the things that cause my heart to burn? Um, and that's these five habits. And I, I would say this too, yeah. because I, I'm really emphasizing a lot of the things I've talked about. You know, a lot of times uh, people, they, I, they hear me talk and they're like, yeah, I need to go read the word more and do all this stuff. Um, which is, I like that. That's good. It's true. <laughs> uh, but it's, but I want to say this too, like that. I still like, um, you know, having like when you encounter the Lord and I get, you get to know the Lord, like, it's like, I want to live in fellowship with the spirit. So even on like my off days or whatever, I have time that's free. It's not like I'm necessarily spending the entire day reading my Bible and praying, but, but I want to be intentional about it. Just over the years, I learn activities that kind of put out the flame in my heart. And I'm like, okay, stay away from those. And then I yes. wanna, whatever I'm doing, I want to be intentional right. about doing it with the Holy Spirit. So even if I'm going to a movie with my kids, 
I want to be fellowshipping with the spirit <laughs> uh, and in communion with him while I'm yeah. doing that or whatever the activity is, you know, if I'm eating a meal with my family or if I'm whatever, even watching a football game or something, I, I, I don't want to do it apart from him. I want to do it with him and some activities he's not right. going to do it with you. I mean, if there's sinful things, you shouldn't be doing it because <laughs> he's like, I'm not going there. If you're going there, I'm not. And, uh, right. you know, but paying attention to the presence right. and intentionally maintaining that present tense fellowship with the Holy Spirit and whatever we're doing, I think is like one of the greatest discipleship tools that we could possibly do is just pay attention and, yeah. and foster that communion with the spirit. And you'll know, you'll learn the things that grieve him. And uh, I remember one time I was in a conversation. It was such yes. a learning lesson for me. I was talking to a friend and uh, we were testifying about this was back in college. Right. And he had been to uh, revival too. And we're testifying about all those stuff the spirit is doing. And as we're talking, our hearts are burning with the fire of the presence of God. We're just so excited. And then somehow our conversation shifted from talking about the wonderful things God is doing to talking about like those people, how can, who oppose this move of God and say, it's not of God. And then we're like, it, it just subtly shifts. And we're like, you know, what's yeah. wrong with them that they can't see this as the Lord. And wow. all of a sudden I noticed, wow. I'm like, where did the Holy spirit go? Right. He was here so strong a moment ago, but now he's not here anymore. Wow. And, Later on, I was asking him about that. And I remember reading right. in Ephesians, I think it's chapter four, when it says, um, do not let any unwholesome speech come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Amen. And then it says right after that, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And I was like, wow. I was like, I just wow. learned like when I was in an edifying conversation, the Holy Spirit was like, I'm in this conversation with you. I love this conversation. But then as soon as I started drifting yes. into gossip and slander. He's like, I love you, but I can't go there with you. Wow, he's out. And, and, and when we learn right. to just pay attention to his oh, presence and live careful. with intentionality, you'll be able to tell when the presence level is low and you need to fast some things and refocus. Um, yeah, so I hope that's helpful. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah, just to go right off that, I mean, a, a couple of small examples, you know, for me would be, yeah, I think about my, my, my neighbor's uh, backyard. I look, I'm looking at it right now through my window and uh, her name is Julie and she's so amazing. And the other day I was looking out and just thinking about how awesome her green yard was. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at my <laughs> green patchy grass and feeling a lot of like, just like, golly, like my grass is not awesome. And um, and I just, just some swirling thoughts, nothing negative towards Julie, at least like super clearly. Then all of a sudden I just was like, man, like I could have just spent that five minutes like praying for Julie and I just didn't. And not only Julie, but then like, right. I could have just like, thank God for my backyard. And I, and I didn't, and I was just like distracted by, you know, I would just call that sin. Yeah. Like I'm distracted by envy. I'm, and, and you talked about, you know, unwholesome speech. And so, you know, it, it, it's amazing how quick, you know, those, those uh, lures present themselves. And, and if we're not attentive, yes. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take the bait. Um, 
the other example I was going to give uh, in regards to your five key points, which I love those key points from your book. And by the way, I also felt convicted. If anybody wants that book, I'm definitely going to have that in the show notes, but I also would love to bless anyone who wants that book. I will buy that book for them. Um, and so feel free to uh, hit me up with a personal message cool. and uh, that will happen. So um, the, the other example I wanted to give just briefly is uh, today I was looking at my, my block schedule and I was meditating on just like, how do I incorporate more of, of like church in my, in my life? And so our, our series right now is about uh, uh, the priesthood of all believers. And, and this last sermon on Sunday was really doing a deep dive on the four values of, of this sermon series, which is friendship with God. Then it is gazing, partnership, and proclamation. Those so are the values of the priesthood. And okay. it, yep, friendship with God. Mm. Then it is yeah. gazing the beauty of the Lord, yeah, upon God or like meditation. Yep, yep. And then it is a, a partnership. So that is all around like intercession and thinking about what Jesus is interceding about and what are God's thoughts on the topics that come up during the day. Whatever that wherever you are, That's God so has thoughts on that thing. And so as a priest, like we can tap into uh, spiritually like, God, yes. what are your thoughts on this? So part partnership. And then the last one is proclamation. So sharing, sharing, right? What God's thoughts are. Don't just like keep it to yourself, but actually like, so whether that's, whether you call that prophecy or whether you call that words of encouragement, whatever you call it, Amen. like speak the life of God to the people that you are, mm, you know, around with that topic. And so what I did today is in my, in my work document, it, it asked me, what are my weekly goals? And, and I had to add like three or four cells because I literally put all four of those values inside of my weekly goals. And I put it in parentheses and my supervisor is going to go through it with me on my one-on-one -on -one <laughs> this week. And he's going to have no idea what that is that, and I'm going to have to explain to him, like, here's why these are my weekly goals. Like, yes, here are my professional goals. Mm -hmm. I have those clearly connected right here, but this is also a space for me personally growing and having accountability. And I want to be able to engage Amen. in these four values more regularly. So I feel like we both went into uh, some challenge as we went along with the equipping section. And so we're going to uh, conclude here in just a little bit, but I just want to take a few moments just to just let the Holy Spirit just kind of highlight for a moment, just what we can challenge our audience with. And as I, as I just want to make a reminder for, for those who are this is your first time listening this is not amen to be a time for condemnation to be to be challenged is to give you direction and support that you can do this and and we being jeff and myself we're here to literally support you we're one 
we're one connection away, one email away from actually supporting you and doing this. So it's not coming with like an empty, you know, go and do this thing. So I just want to lay that as the foundation of, of what this challenge section is for. It is for someone listening to have everything changed in their life, wherever they're at, whatever topic they need change in, they Mm. can, they can, they can do it. So. Okay. I, I'll let you go first and take, and take a moment to, to, if you need to, but uh, I don't have anything clearly highlighting right now. So go ahead. I I would just say, take, take a time. It's, God, so in this process, right? So I've been doing this 20, however many years now, 26, 27 years now, uh, aiming at, aiming at wholeheartedness, but often falling short and then getting up again and re-aiming and going after it. And, um, but I would say this, I have found God. He's the most affirming father the most affirming person and encouraging person I've ever known in my entire life by far. He is, uh, you know, so I, I had this, you know, one of my struggles in my early years, cause I had this zeal, like I want to be all in wholehearted. And one of the things that was a major issue in my life was condemnation. Um, for the first several years, even that first wow. year, couple years of my marriage, even, um, that was such a struggle for me. Cause I'd get so frustrated at myself when I fell short because I was so sincere. I was like, I really want to do this, God. I, I, and, and then when I'd fall short, I'd be so disappointed in myself. And I remember like, uh, and I was just, and then I, and then the condemnation would take me out. It, it, like in the sense of, I'd be like, Jeff, you're such a loser. You're never going to do this. Like you just get up, you go good for a week or two and then you fall again. And, um, and compromise in whatever, whatever thing it happened to be at that time. And, uh, but then I, I'd have to come to God again and the grace of God would minister to me and pick me up and get me going again. And then I'd fall short. And I remember just being like, Hmm. God, can you just like deliver me from condemnation? Like, just like, I want a deliverance. Like, just like, give Hmm. me that one zap that superpower encounter where it's over and I never struggle with it again after that. <laughs> and he can, he can do that. But for me, he did mm. deliver me, but that's, he did it different. Uh, how we did it was a process of renewing my mind. And it took, it took years, honestly, Amen. where I was working that faith muscle and uh, where I just, and I guess I'll, um, I, 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 I can, this is one of the best most vivid illustrations of how it would it look like in my life. So one day, this is when I was in college, I, it was going to be a fast day. I'm like, I'm fasting today. I'm excited. Right. So I get to about mid morning, it's probably nine or 10 mm-hmm. in the morning. And I have a block of time where it's my prayer time. And I'm like, I'm going to pray, read the Bible right now. So I get back to my house and there's like this package of saltine crackers sitting on the counter. And I'm like, it looks so good. I was so hungry. And I remember just, I did, instead of resisting the temptation, I just ate a cracker. And then how often is I've broken so many fasts where uh, I don't just eat one. Then I just devour the crackers. I'm just like, you know, and I, I just, 
and then <laughs> condemnation sets in like immediately and i hear the voice of the enemy speaking to me only he speaks and wow. most of the time he speaks to us in our own voice and it's like i i hear myself saying it's the enemy speaking mm. but i'm like jeff you're such a loser like you couldn't even make it to lunch like how are you ever going to be a man of god if you can't fast and you can't even make it to lunch you can't even resist a saltine cracker like, it's not like this was ice cream or something really good, you know? Wow. It's, and just all these thoughts are going through my mind. Right. You know, you're, right. Jeff, you're such a loser. You're never going to be a man of God. And, and of course, I'm so beat up. I try to pray a little bit, but trying to pray with that thinking in your mind is like impossible. And finally, after a few minutes, I just give wow. up. I'm like, I'm a loser. I agree. I totally agreed with the enemy and I was laying on the floor in my living room, just laying on the floor. I wasn't like bowing before the Lord. I had given up. I was just laying there in utter despair. And I'm like, I'm a loser. And then in God's mercy, he gives me a vision right then. It's like in that condition. And I had this wow. vision Amen. where I see myself. Amen. And I, at the time I was a youth pastor and I see myself preaching to my youth group in this vision and I'm preaching and I'm holding a sword. I'm like, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And I'm preaching in this vision. And I, I say to this youth group, I'm like, I'm like, I, God didn't give us a sword to have it clean, sitting pretty on our mantles. He gave it to use. And then I'm like, I, I said this in the vision. I said, I don't want a clean shiny sword i want my sword to be dripping with demon blood that's what i said in the vision as i was preaching and as i heard saw myself say it in the vision then in real life like my heart got inspired i was like oh that's good that's powerful i was like yeah and then the vision ended and immediately god puts this bible verse it just comes to my mind right away first john 1 9 if you confess your sins He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And then I hear the spirit speak to me and he says, there's your sword. Now get up and start swinging it. And I got up off the floor and I started pacing in my living room. I was like, God, I thank you. I confess my sin of breaking my fast right now. (laughs) I confess it to you. I acknowledge God that I yielded to the flesh. God, and I thank you that you have forgiven this sin yeah. and I am purified from all unrighteousness. And then other verses came to my mind. I'm like, I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that right now I'm confident before you, because when you look at me, you wow. see the blood of your son and I'm blameless before you. And as I started speaking the word, it was like mm. the heaviness vanquished. I mean, it left and joy and confidence came into wow. my spirit. I was ended up, I was dancing mm. and shouting all over my living room. It ended up being the most awesome day (laughs) with the Lord. And it was this picture like, and of course I failed many times since then and yielding to condemning thoughts. And, but the Lord was like, here's the way out of condemnation. You have to get the promises of God, of the grace of God and how he sees you uh, through, through Christ. And you have to speak them. You have to actively believe them and declare them over yourself. Even when your emotions feel the opposite, and um, and just doing that profit process mm-hmm. over the course of years, I worked that faith muscle and the muscle got stronger and stronger to the point where it ended up. It wasn't a big issue anymore. Um, and I had this growing root system of confidence in my identity in Christ where my yeah. 
my value before him and my confidence before him wasn't based upon my most recent performance, but it was based upon what Jesus did on the cross. And that, that doesn't negate my passion to be wholehearted. Wow. It actually, because I, I, I just know I'm going to, I'm in my flesh. I'm weak. I'm going to fall short, but I have so much confidence now and God will never leave me. He'll pick me back up and he'll stir me in, and I'll re-sign up to go after wholeheartedness and the grace yeah. of God. So I just, the grace of God, there's this, I, I see sometimes in the body of Christ where people will latch onto uh, some of these truths about the grace of God, but in an unbiblical way that actually leads to complacency cripples them. Yeah. Cripples. Them. Yeah. I mean, that's what that is. Like complacency is like they're crippled and makes them feel better and compromised. And I'm like, I have no interest in that. Yeah. Like, my, I want to be all in. I want to be radical. I, I, and that's what God wants. I want to love him well. I have one life. I have one offering to give. Um, and at the end of my life, at the judgment seat, I'm going to stand before him. I'm going to look him in his eyes. I'm going to see the scars on his hands. And I'm going to be overcome by the magnitude of his love. And he's going to be like, this is how much I loved you. I gave everything for you. And I'm going to be undone by his love. And then it's going to be my turn to hand him the package of my life let him open it and go through the choices i made and it's me saying and this is how much i loved you in response and i don't want like the greatest pain i can imagine is standing before him when he's just given me this extravagant gift and it's so real to me only to find out that my response was a half-hearted response like i'm not interested in that i want to give him my everything but um we have to have a this this biblical understanding of the grace of God because it's what sustains us in the wholehearted pursuit when we fail when we fall short it helps us get up re-sign up and keep going we don't lower the standard um grace doesn't lower the standard it it helps us overcome and continue to go after it and grow into it in the grace of God right right Oh, man, there's so many scriptures that are just like <laughs> hovering right now. Well, whether whether it's where where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And just like there, that there, no matter no matter how deep someone is in sin, like there is grace enough to get them out yes. and and to get them through it. And uh, and, they, and they don't have to keep doing it like there is 100 percent freedom and in. Oh, it can be, it can absolutely be miraculous. And, and, and I just want anyone to just know that don't ever disbelieve or doubt that healing of any type of sin yeah. can be miraculous. Amen. Amen. Oh. So that's, uh, if you were to, if you were, to, do you feel like you were able to like get what you wanted to say out of that challenge and, 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 and like, if you were to put it in one, in one sentence, yeah. what, what would that, what would that look like for, for those, for those who just need it in like, one? I would just say, I would get, I would say size. Um, aim at wholeheartedness, loving God with everything we are and having a, a biblical Amen. understanding of grace. It doesn't lower the standard. It enables us to live up to the standard. And um, it's, it's an absolute key. 
good. Hey man, wow. There are some there are some loaded things in that. That that that's, that yeah. might cause us to have to do another episode. I know we already talked about it, but uh, we might have to do another one because I just got a sweet like yeah. sweet picture in my mind. But we don't have time. Um, what I want to do just briefly here before I let you go, uh, just uh, whether it's something that you've been reading recently that uh, that has been inspiring, things that you've been studying, th- uh, music that you've been listening to. We uh, share with our audience yeah. just things that are, again, just kind of fanning, you know, your most recent, yeah. you know, Okay, so you know, I, I just to, finished to the book. So one of the things I love to do, I love to read biographies or autobiographies of believers, especially, uh, yeah, who have yes. just done great exploits, yeah. who have seen God do miraculous things, um, or who have endured persecution uh, in a way that I'm like, okay, mm. I want to learn from what they went through. So that when I'm going through stuff like that, I want to be able to have examples to know what to do. One book I I finished recently is called um, I Dared to Call Him Father by Bill Queese Sheik. I'm probably Mm. pronouncing it wrong, but it's B-I-L-Q-U-I-S. That's the first name. And then Sheik, S-H-E-I-K-H. And it's this Muslim woman, I think it was in Pakistan, who just miraculously came to know Jesus and it was the most beautiful story of her getting to know God as father. And it wasn't just the, I've read lots of stories of awesome salvations, you know, Muslim people getting saved, et cetera. But what really touched my heart was the sanctification process that the spirit led her through. It was so intimate. It was so pure. And it was really, she had at first hardly anybody except her and the Holy spirit. Um, just teaching her and guiding her in such a beautiful wow. way. The story was powerful. So I would really highly recommend that. It really inspired my heart just for greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Amen. What about music or uh, yeah, or just I would say else you've been like listening to? Uh, you know, a lot of music. I like a lot of the, the stuff probably most people listen to, upper room stuff. Uh, course the um will reagan and united pursuit yeah. that's like one of my very favorite house fires love their new album um yeah super good so those are some things mm. they came out with the house, Man, house you know, fires what would that which, be like number five or what six what the number of the album is because i i think i have almost all their albums but they're one of my favorite right, right. i just love the raw right the rawness of their worship oh, so um i love that yeah also you know a song that really touched me this is yeah. probably a few months ago when it first came out but that song the blessing by uh like carrie job and elevation they kind of did that together yeah. there was something on that uh yeah the first time yes yeah i watched oh, the video man. the first the time video of it was obvious time. right and uh on a, on a ministry trip and i watched it and just like wow my heart was so moved and I'm just like, yes, because you know, this week maybe do another episode on this sometime. I didn't even get into this, but one of the burning passions in my heart is to be a husband and a father. And uh, to my children, I want to be an excellent husband and an excellent mm-hmm. father. And um, that's one of my major core values that the Lord put in my wow. heart at a young age that I didn't talk about today. But um, when they were talking about, you know, may his favor be upon you uh, and, and a thousand generations and your children and their children. Cause yeah. I pray over the line of my descendants often. Yeah. I'm just speaking right. the word over my descendants in prayer. Wow. So that really just moved my heart when I saw that. <laughs> awesome. 
Right. Oh, I, I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree with that song. And, and I agree that we need to do another episode. Um, is there anything you want to ask me or have me uh, just uh, share uh, just in, in kind of conclusion, anything that, uh, that you think we Yeah, well, I'm just curious. Like, what are, or what's some, like, what, like songs or, or books that you've read lately? I always like to hear good ideas for things to check out too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've uh, I've I've been listening to uh, the first song here that comes to my mind. It's interesting when it's mm-hmm. not in front of me, right? We're so used to seeing it in front of our uh, on our phone. It's interesting to have to draw, interesting to have to draw it up. Uh, but uh, oh, I wonder if I can pop out of this quick and look. Yeah, I can. Here we go. All right. So it okay. would be uh, Stephanie Gretzinger's new album. Uh, it's called forever. Amen. She has a song on there mm-hmm. called no one ever cared for me like Jesus. And, uh, I, when I got saved, I went out to Pine Ridge and lived there for two years. And, uh, and so my first worship songs were hymns. And so, uh, this song by Stephanie is like, it has like a, a chord of hymns. And, uh, awesome. and it just like wrecks my heart in such a good way. Uh, so, so I've really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed uh, that one. And then I've enjoyed what Maverick City's coming out with and uh, Elevation Worship just came out with a new album. Uh, Bethel came out with an album recently called Peace. And uh, Jeremy mm. Riddle also came out with an album called Holy Ground. And uh, that's a kind of a, a, a series wow. of live recordings around the world. That was amazing. Uh, so those are just a few that come to mind as far as what I listen to. Um, and then, uh, what I've been reading, uh, I would say all of my spare okay. time is 100% in the word right now. So I'm on a, on a, on a really challenging, uh, reading plan where it's, uh, the old Testament, uh, the new Testament four times, uh, Psalms twice, Proverbs twice. Cool. And, and that's all in one year. And so it's okay. roughly, it's roughly six or seven chapters a day. And just to really get something like really out of it and really like, like make sure my heart is like getting it. Uh, it, it just, it takes a lot of time. Like it takes my morning reading time. It takes my day reading time. It okay. takes my evening reading time. Uh, so that has been kind of my, con- my consuming, uh, by consuming amount of, of, of word. Uh, and then outside of that, uh, you know, some things that are kind of on the outskirt that I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I, I want to read. Uh, I'm looking at uh, on my shelf right now, oh, my yeah. bookshelf would be the bondage breaker by Neil T. Anderson. I'm looking at, I'm looking at that. And so, uh, so yeah, there are definitely some, some things in my, our pastors have been encouraging us to read some things out of IHOP. And so, and your books on there as well. And so I have, <laughs> I have some books and I'm just like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to like consume oh, yeah. all this. Uh, the other one was slaying dragons, yep. uh, by, uh, D- Daniel Kalinda. So I have some books on my radar. I just haven't quite figured out like how the Lord is going to I hear allow me I know to, exactly what that's like. Uh, get all these <laughs> things inside of me. So, uh, so Jeff, I can't thank you enough for our time together. I, I honor you and just bless you and your family. And, uh, we're, we're right down the road from each other, but, uh, but it, it is a little bit of a distance. So, uh, 
I don't get to see you nearly as much as I would like to. Um, but uh, just know that, golly, the, the, the people I run with here in Sioux Falls uh, just have nothing but amazing things to say about your family and ministry up in Huron. And, uh, and then I just thank you for blessing this, uh, this podcast. Amen. Dude, and, thank and you. This has uh, been honestly really, really today. fun for me. So I really appreciate you inviting me and, and doing this podcast. I mean, you're working 55 hey, hours a week. You got a family. Uh, thanks for just serving people in our area by making all the effort to do this, man. It, it makes a difference. I appreciate it. Amen. Amen. We'll okay. know that this does count within the 55 hours. So my, when I say, when I say 55 hours, every, every nice. amount of ministry is, is stewarded in there because, uh, I, I, I want, I want, you know, good, uh, to make sure that I'm stewarding the time well. So, uh, I feel, uh, just a good, uh, piece to just we pray for yeah. us and, and then we'll Holy spirit. We love you so there. much. And I just want to tell you, awesome. thank you, God. I'm so blessed. It's like, I don't yes. deserve you. Like you came to me, you came after me. I was so lost. I was so out there. I didn't even know to look for you and you came to me and then I would have fallen away so many times by now, but you kept coming to me and pulling me back. Lord, I love you. I bless your name. And Lord, I, I just pray for myself. I pray for um, Gordon. I pray God for everyone who's listening. Holy spirit, would you stir us afresh, draw near to us and stir up that hunger and that right. desperation inside for more of you that compels us mm. to read the word and to pray and to encounter your heart. God, we want to burn with love for you. God, we worship you. And we trust, God, that he who's began this good work in us will carry it on to completion in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. 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 Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jeff. I have a few things to share quick, and then I'm going to wrap up the conversation here. So I want to read from you a definition that has uh, inspired the episode title. And the word that I'm going to read is eulogy. This is historically a praise of a speech or writing in commemoration of a person on account of his or her valuable qualities or services. And the artist that I'm going to be playing in a little bit, their group is called Beautiful Eulogy. And it's an awesome group who glorifies Jesus and tells, you know, his testimony. And whether you've invited Christ into your life or not, what I want to just share is a fresh invitation to consider a, a new creation life that you can die to your yourself in, in, in a positive way. I know that that can sound scary, but, but you can die the one death and still live to hear the story that unfolds. As Jeff was talking about, there are books being written about each person who lives and, and we all have an opportunity to really have a part in that story and so I just want to invite you to give your life to Christ. And if you don't know what that means, I just want to walk you through a quick prayer. And it might be the first time you've prayed this. You maybe have prayed this a few times and you're 
just needing to hear it again and really commit to it. So here is the prayer. Some call this salvation prayer. Some call this the sinner's prayer. I lean more towards salvation prayer, new creation prayer. Father, thank you so much for creating me. And I ask God that you would see my sin once and for all and that you would show me that you have paid for that sin back on the cross of Calvary and that your blood ran down and it paid for my salvation. You've canceled the debt against me. You became sin so that I could have your righteousness. And so I pray, God, that you would show me just like you showed many saints of old what you want my life to be. I pray that you would call me like you called Jesus. You are my beloved son whom I'm well pleased, like you called Abraham, like you called David, a man after your own heart. Thank you for forgiving me for my sin. May I not believe that my sin is greater than your goodness. May I believe all the days of my life, even if the worst things happen to me, that you are good and you have a good story that I get to play a part in. I step into my new creation self and I commit to you the rest of my life that I may decrease every day my selfishness and you would increase that I would serve you selflessly and all the fruits of your spirit would abound in my life. And that I would see you face to face one day. And I long for that moment when you're gonna tell me, good job, my good and faithful servant. You're my friend. And I'm excited to live eternity together. Jesus, I pray these things in your name in right relationship now with my Father. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope that that was an encouraging prayer for you. I get really excited about this. For anyone who knows me and kind of knows my, my story, knows me face to face, they know that I'm a really excitable person. Some people call me charismatic. I don't really know what that means other than I guess I care a lot and I have a lot of passion. And I think that's also what Jeff carries is a mantle of care and passion for Jesus. That was gonna be the other title of our episode. I was considering deeply the title, Passion for Jesus. But right before I published this episode, I decided to go with a beautiful eulogy because if you just prayed that prayer or you've prayed that prayer before, 
That is what we step into every day, a beautiful eulogy, a redemptive story that we are partnering with Jesus every day and watching and and participating in his kingdom coming to earth for eternity. Lots more to say on that. If you want to know more about end times, Jeff Mann has an awesome beginner's series for end times happening right now on his YouTube channel. We'll uh, end this segment and jump into some concluding thoughts. Bless you. Talk to you soon. Hey everyone, I just want to take a moment to conclude our episode with Jeff Mann and say thank you again for listening and also shout out to the Mann family. Love you all so much and I'm so excited for what's going to happen in the future regarding Sioux Falls and Huron and how we continue to do ministry together and just uh, continue to impact for the kingdom and, and impact the workplace in our respected cities. Thanks again for taking time to share this with friends and family for those of you who have done that in the past. And I encourage you again to send an email to me if you want to talk about this episode or previous episodes. And again, just to shout out that Jeff is totally willing to hang out with anyone who takes a listen to this episode. You can find him on Five State Revival on Facebook, and you can also find him at his YouTube channel and on the podcast for more content. Have a great week wherever you are, and we'll talk to you next week. Bless you. In Jesus' name, bye-bye. This week's outro song is Beautiful Eulogy, and the song name is If.
If that's not what I believe, then why is that what I proclaim? If it don't change how I live, should I still shout it just the same? If I shout it as loud as I can, will blessings shower down from the heavens and land on my crown? To rinse away all my doubt, and the grace of God is only sweet to the ears who hear the sound of it. But that sweetness won't be tasted by the mouth of a counterfeit faith. Only the thirsty will drink from the fountain of life and count. Everything is a loss for the sake of being found in Christ. Obedience to God's word is the safest foundation, a safe haven for saints waiting for the glorious great day when our Savior will return. That's the day of restoration. Those who sleep will be awakened and we will never cease to thank him. Singing worthy is the Lamb to receive glory and honor. Worthy is the Lamb who reconciled us to our Father. Worthy is the one who gives life without end. But if Christ is not raised, then we get still in our sin. If...